Welcome to the Awkwardly Anna podcast, where the life coaching is free and the conversations are real. I believe an authentic, confident, purpose-filled life lived at the rhythm God intends for you is possible for everyone, despite any perceived feelings of awkwardness. And I coach people to where they're living this out. So grab your coffee or tea and let's dive in. Hello, episode 113, Mindfulness and Stress Reduction, Techniques for Cultivating Mindfulness and Reducing Stress. In this episode, we're going to talk about what that word even means, where it falls into Christianity or not, what the Bible can teach us about reducing stress, uh, encouraging scriptures, and then stay tuned to the very end because we'll talk about the how-tos, the blueprint for how do you actually do the things. So let's get started. I love this topic so much. First off, what is mindfulness? We've heard this word explode in use, I feel like since 2020, which is awesome to me, but what actually is it? Is it woo-woo and new agey? Actually, no, it it doesn't have to be, but it can be (laughs) for sure. So we're going just back to the basics of what this means today. Mindfulness in the absolute simplest terms is just being more present. Obviously, you can cross a line here and get into things that don't biblically align. We'll talk about that more. The Oxford language definition is the quality or state of being conscious or aware of something. So awareness. Yes, in psychology, some of the techniques involved in this can absolutely be misaligned with the Bible, I'm sure. I don't have great experience with this, so do your research, ask God for guidance on this, and be open to learning from others what and from what you hear on what's good for you and for you and what isn't. Um, I'm not a Bible expert or trained in any of that. I just talk about what I've learned from my own experience. So absolutely go to a better resource on this. However, how can we, yes, incorporate mindfulness into our lives as Christians, though? I love the scripture that immediately comes to mind is from Philippians, and it's finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Philippians 4, 8. I feel like this is like the OG, think on things that are good. <laughs> Be present and think on the good things. So it's filling your mind with good. To me, being more present sounds so in line with so many scriptures. Maybe not exactly that one. I might be interpreting that wrong, but to me it does. And the example of this that always stands out the most to me, more so than that one, is when I've heard Mary and Martha preached about that battle of the hostess with the mostess. That's, again, not a biblical term, but it's the battle of the hostess with the mostess. Here's the story from the book of Luke. So even if you don't read your Bible that much or or read your Bible at all, I really think the story can still resonate. So stick with me here. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And that's from Luke 10, 38 through 42. All right, that busyness. What area of your life, when you hear, like, what area of your busyness comes to mind when you hear this story? For me, it's house chores. Absolutely. It's just like the story. It's the chores, the little tasks of the house, cleaning, prepping things. For you, it might be work, working out, kids' sports, a volunteer app 
opportunity you're involved in, even a hobby. So I'm, I'm not saying, obviously by this list here, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of these things. We're called to and can work heartily for the Lord. But what happens when we get so busy, when we aren't mindful and we aren't committed to focusing on the present? What's often the first thing to go? Prayer, Bible, reading, devotion time. For me, it was prayer. When we keep ourselves distracted, even on good things, like I mentioned, that aren't God things, we forget to pursue the one who created us with purpose for purpose. How do we know what he's calling us to do if we're never present enough to even hear him? How do we delight in his creation if we are never present enough to take it in? Our faith grows, I'm convinced, when we learn to be more present. Eventually, as you pursue this, our anxiety lessens, our worry, our fear, our discontent in comparison, they all lessen because we're focused on the one who made us and filling our minds with truth, his truth. So I won't act like this is easy, though. <laughs> when I initially committed to being more present, my brain fought me every step of the way. My anxiety went haywire. I feel I feared that the value I had placed on myself for my task completion would now make my personal value go down. I worried that I wasn't doing enough and everything would just pile up, and I fe- feared honestly feeling like an outcast for not participating in as much things as others. And I got super overwhelmed with racing thoughts of all the things I was avoiding that deeply needed dealt with. So mentally, um, just hard conversations, past trauma, past hurts. I had convinced myself that not being present was working for me because I could avoid all those things I was very content avoiding for most of my life. So I convinced myself that holding my breath constantly, spazzing, feeling stressed constantly, all, the, I, that all these things were normal. Complaining that I was the one doing everything, talking poorly of people instead of dealing with my own junk so that I could actually see them through the lens God intended for me to, not through my lens of hurt and insecurity. I was so wrapped up in that. So why did I finally pursue being present? I had to. I broke. My health, my mental health, I could not even write out a thought on a page. I had convinced myself I didn't even have time to journal. And I really knew something had to change when someone asked me what I do to recharge and I couldn't for the life of me answer. And it wasn't anyone else's fault. I couldn't answer that because I never took the time. I hated every holiday. All I felt on my kids' birthdays was stress. And I cried all the time. Granted, I still cry a lot. I'm a crier, but it wasn't the right reasons. It was from overwhelm and stress and not good enough and living out a life that wasn't the life for me. And I knew it. I was desperate for peace, for stillness. I craved it like someone pregnant craves food. That's how much I was craving peace and stillness. I wanted to be able to play with my daughter for even just 10 minutes without thinking I had to constantly tidy up whatever space we were in. Okay, that was a lot. Let's get to how we become more present or practice being more present. Here are the five things that you can start as soon as you're ready. Some you can even do probably while you're listening. Okay, number one, senses check. For senses check, you name, and I'm saying senses. I don't know if that like smell, sight, that's what I'm saying. I kind of, sometimes that word sounds weird for me. Name something you see, something you hear, something you smell. And if you're eating or drinking when you do this, something you taste. If you can get outside to do this, that's even better. All right, number two, breath work. First, commit to noticing your breathing. This is just doing a check-in with yourself. Even right now, 
Are you breathing? Are you holding your breath? What are you doing? Then do breathing more. You can wear a bracelet that says breathe on it, put a post on your computer and in your kitchen, make breathe the word breathe with a cute graphic, the background on your phone. And then when you're ready to look into breathing techniques for being more mindful in reducing anxiety, I really enjoy box breathing, but there are all kinds of different techniques out there that are proven to work. You just need to find what works for you. Okay, number three, body check. Grounding, which I talk about all the time. Go walk in that grass barefoot. Stretching, some yoga poses if you're into yoga. There are different, definitely different body techniques you can try as well. I have a couple of people I follow on Instagram that I really love how they give examples on this. So I'll link them in the show notes. The point here being whatever you pick is to, whatever you pick, you commit to slowing down with intention. Number four breaks, take them, schedule them, or you won't take them, pursue them. Breaks from work, cleaning, breaks from your phone, emphasis on breaks from your phone, breaks from watching TV, breaks from going to this number of events in a week, taking a break from an activity you usually sign your kids up for or sign yourself up for, whichever area immediately stands out to you, start there. This can be five minutes and you can do five minutes. Number five, last one, prayer. You can start by thanking God for the day and you can ask him to, yes, ask him to help you see yourself how he sees you this week. Just start there. Ask God, God, can you help me to see myself how you see me and just see what he does. When I first heard this advice, it was somewhere on Instagram. I wish I could remember where it wowed me so much. I literally wept. But more on this another time. That's a whole nother podcast episode <laughs> in itself. If you want more of a guided prayer, there's plenty of things you can look up online. Uh, the Bible app is a great resource for this, for beginning this, or if you've been doing this for a while, it's just a great resource. You can also ask God to help you seek a mind that is present and can hear him. God delights in you asking him for his stillness, for his truth. Just see what he can do. Okay. If mindfulness and being present is something that you currently pursue some of the time, or even if it's just something that would be new to you, I encourage you to commit to it today. Tell yourself, I'm in pursuit of living in the present. At first, this might feel unnatural to you, this phrase, because you've been used to being busy and disconnected from your body, but continue seeking out resources. And of course, I'm happy to connect you as well. I'll link all those ones in the show notes, but I have so many other things I can link you to if you want to send me a message on Instagram or if you want to email me, hello, Annabar at gmail.com. I'm happy to connect you with resources for how to regulate your nervous system. If that's something that resonates with you, different breathing techniques, whatever you need tied to connected to rather. I'll also put some verses on the show notes that, yeah, that will help with this mindset as well. This, you know, I'm committed to being intentional, living in the present. I really want you leaning into knowing that when you set your mind fully on God first, mindful, get it? You'll crave, when you set your mind fully on God first, you'll crave being present enough to hear him and to experience his peace. When you ask him to show you what's for you and take away from you what isn't for you, you'll just continue finding more and more resources for this that will work for you. He can guide you to anything he wants you guided to. Being present isn't about perfection. Please remember that. Nothing we do is about perfection. God is perfect. We are not. It's about seeking a stillness 
that causes your mind to be filled with what God wants it filled with. So his truth can fight out that yuck for you and tie you to the resources that will continue to help you fight out that yuck and see his truth more and more. It's this beautiful ripple effect that takes place. All right. Be encouraged today, friends. Thank you so much for listening. Your shares and reviews are helping so many more people find this show. Thank you. Thank you. Um, If you haven't left a review yet on iTunes, please do so. It helps other people be shown my show through um, Apple. So thank you. Also, if you have wanted to or asked about financially giving to my show or showing appreciation that is absolutely never expected, but I'll put the link in. I have a PayPal link. I'll put it in the show notes disregard it if it's not something you've ever asked me about or considered doing or wanted to do. So regardless, I appreciate you guys so much. I'm so grateful for you and I can't wait to hear what tips you try out and how they start immediately drawing you to be more present. And even I want to hear how your brain fights this too. When you try one, what is the yuck that your brain starts fighting you on? And I'd love to work through that with you. Of course, that's what I do with my clients. Um, I delight in doing that. So yeah, let me know. My email is helloannabar at gmail.com. Thanks again, guys. Thank you for listening today. When you graciously listen to my show, you share my episodes, and you leave a review, I hope you know how much it warms my heart, how it makes me do a little happy dance, and how it helps other people to find my show. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you. If any of the things we talked about on this episode or any other episodes of mine sound like something you really could be encouraged and motivated by some coaching on, feel free to email me, helloannabar at gmail.com, and let's chat. Or check out my website and my coaching options at www.awkwardlyanna.com. Thank you.